Welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. This is a podcast where we bring successful tech sales professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs to share best practices, insights, and lessons learned with other tech sales professionals. As a sales professional, the more we learn, the more we earn. Once we earn it, how can we put those hard-earned commission dollars back to work to build additional income streams that will create the freedom we are all working to achieve? I'm your host, Chris Freeman. I'm a high-tech sales leader, real estate investor, and lifetime learner. Welcome back. So my guest today, Scott Maurer, is a different type of guest. He is not a salesperson. In fact, he has nothing to do with, well, that's not true. He is a salesperson for a company called Advanta IRA. And the theme of our podcast, it's not just sales. It's about building that strategy and that structure to help create that long-term financial success, to help create that freedom that we're all working so hard to achieve in our sales role. And Scott Maurer works for a company that does self-directed IRAs. And so I wanted to bring him on just as really a, a little bit of education on, hey, we've all been working hard. We've probably have been at other companies and might even have a rollover IRA or 401k from a past company. And there's other strategies besides just just tr- investing in stocks and bonds and letting your 401k sit on autopilot. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. It's specifically around what is a self-directed IRA, how to leverage it, what are some of the other things that you can invest in with a self-directed IRA? I use one today for real estate and I wanted to pass along a few insights from Scott. So enjoy the show. Scott, welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. How are you doing? Great, Chris. Thanks for having me on today. Appreciate you uh, be, having me as a guest. Oh, man, I'm super excited about this. It's a little bit of a different topic, but in line with the idea of, you know, with the High Tech Freedom podcast, you know, the goal is we first need to learn from the best in order to earn like the best. But hey, once we earn it, how do we take some of those hard-earned commission dollars and redeploy it in a way that can create additional income streams to help get us to that freedom that that we're all working so hard to achieve? And uh, so today's topic, I'm really excited to talk about that last component about you know, building that that additional income stream and and a self-directed IRA is uh, maybe a component that could play a role in that. So and I know you know a little bit about that. So Scott, before we jump into that, um, a little bit about your background, where, where you're from, what do you do? So yeah, I was uh, actually born and raised in Tampa, Florida. Yeah, it, was, it was a little rare for our area of the, of the country, a lot of transplants, but I was born and raised here. Uh, graduated from law school uh, is kind of what I was doing right before I uh, entered advanced IRA. Did not know much about self-directed IRAs myself. Uh, it's not something they teach you in law school. Uh, but so I learned a lot of, of what I'm going to share with uh, people today just through the experience of, of working for the company. I've been uh, with the company now for over 16 years. going to be going on 17 uh, coming up next year. So uh, like I said, didn't, knew, not, knew nothing about it when I got started, but learned kind of on the job. So that was, and prior to law school, I was actually in, in youth programming, um, which, you know, work, working with kids and you know, doing summer camps and bat running basketball leagues uh, through the city of Clearwater here in, uh, in the Tampa Bay area, which I really enjoyed doing, but I knew that it wasn't going to be a uh, lifelong occupation or a role. I needed to do something different. And I went to law school, which just opens, ends up for a lot of people, uh, opens up just different doors. Not everybody practices law. They, they find other things to do. And I'm uh, lucky enough to found something I enjoy doing uh, here at Advanta. Yeah, it's funny how that works out is sometimes you 
stumble into something that you, you know, you're going for one degree and then, you know, you didn't necessarily pursue this, but it uh, was presented to you. And and next thing you know. Yeah. And I never thought I would be in, in a quote sales role. And it, it, even when I started in Advanta, that wasn't what I was brought on to. I was kind of brought in to just help kind of help facilitate, you know, what we were doing with existing clients. And it just kind of morphed over the years into going out and selling and, and just being able to, you know, spread the word on what we do is really how we sell. Yeah. It's making people aware of, of our product and our service, basically. And so just having the knowledge base has allowed me to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is a product and a service. It, it really comes down to selling with education. So let's jump into the education piece of it. So Scott, what is a self-directed IRA? So a, a self-directed IRA is kind of a unique type of retirement account. So a lot of people are familiar with, with IRAs, uh, maybe 401k accounts, where most people have their money in mutual funds, or they trade you know, publicly traded stocks or treasury bonds, things like that. Um, a self-directed IRA is one in which you can use the cash that's in your IRA, but actually get it out of the public markets. Actually, you know, forego investing in mutual funds or stocks uh, with the funds and investing into real estate, whether it's rental properties, multifamily, you can invest in private hedge funds, precious metals. There's a lot of different things you can do. And a self-directed IRA really gives you the freedom to choose an asset that you're more comfortable investing with. And that's why it's called a self-directed IRA because at Advanta, we provide the service of acting as an IRA custodian and holding your account and, and doing the IRS reporting, but then giving you the freedom to tell us what you want to invest in. And then our role is to make sure that whatever you're investing in is going to get titled properly, uh, the right you know, I's are dotted, T's are crossed uh, to keep it legal and make sure it's IRS compliant. But that's what a self-directed IRA is. It's taking it's a retirement account where you are choosing the actual class of investments you're making, not picking from a variety of mutual funds or picking from a bunch of stocks, but actually choosing what type of asset itself, whether it's real estate, private placements, precious metals, et cetera, that you actually want as part of your retirement portfolio. Okay. So the main driver then for the self-directed IRA is if in a traditional 401k, traditional IRA, you're pretty much limited to stocks, bonds, mutual funds, you know, basically things that you can buy from a, a market perspective, you probably aren't, unless, as far as I know, not able to go invest in maybe an actual startup company, uh, a, a real estate investment. Maybe there's some investment around an oil rig or uh, some mining operation that you want to get. You can't do any of that in a, a 401k and IRA. You're pretty much stuck. So it's for those people that realize that maybe I built up a balance and you know you don't you don't have to shift everything, but maybe you want to diversify into some of those assets. And some of those assets typically have higher returns, but you probably have to invest more as a single chunk than maybe a hundred dollars of dollar cost averaging into some mutual fund. Is that is that a fair assessment? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think what you, you hit on there, yeah. For people looking at investing, one of the things I think it was important what you said. It's not an all or nothing strategy. So it is, as you mentioned, diversifying. It's people who have you know they built and they and, and most of them have built up you know, 50 grand, 100 grand, 500 grand or whatever in, in an old 401k or through previous jobs. And they want to use a chunk of that to then, like you said, diversify and find out like, you have, I have a real estate opportunity uh, presented to me, you know, the look through the numbers, everything looks great. This is going to be, it's a real winner of an investment. I'd like to use my IRA or my old 401k to make that investment and just pull over the, the 50, 100, 200 grand that you need for the investment and leave the rest of the cash where it's at. You don't, it's not no requirement that you move the, the full amount over. But uh, typically the people that we see accounts that, yeah, they usually have somewhat of a balance because to make an investment into real estate, uh, maybe even startup companies, you 
a lot of times there are minimum investment amounts uh, and thresholds that you have to cross. So if someone looking to start an IRA with six or seven grand, uh, albeit there are a few things that you could potentially do with those uh, through a self-directed IRA, most of the clients we see have kind of a chunk already saved or built up. Again, probably either from their their job where they've contributed a 401k or they've been self-employed uh, these years and they've been contributing to their own uh, SEP IRAs or IRA accounts and just built them up over a number of years. Yeah. You know, I think what I see in the high tech space is, you know, most most people have not stayed at one company for 15 to 20 years. And so they've worked at a company, they've left. And I, this is you know, speaking from a personal experience. I go to another company, 401ks Fidelity. I go to another for, another company, 401ks Fidelity. So let's say I have three Fidelity accounts for my 401k. And the reality is that most of those reps, they're they're sitting on that 401k. You know, maybe they're rebalancing it a little bit, but uh, for the most part, you know, there's probably some fees there. They're probably limited in options and what they can invest in, and they're just sitting on it. And so, everybody, if you've been a listener for any period of time, you know that I'm I'm passionate about real estate. And so, I've done this. I took one of my earlier job 401ks, actually, when I worked for a company called Sienna, and uh, I rolled that into a self-directed IRA. And I've used that to invest in in uh, several different real estate projects. And these are not ones that I'm involved in at all because I can't be. So, Scott, why don't you talk a little bit about um, some of the rules around investing a self-directed IRA? Yeah, Chris, the, the thing to understand, I think, for people listening is when I'm going to talk about the rules. It's the, the rules that the IRS has laid out for IRA investing are, are limiting in nature. So they only say the things that you can't do. There is no massive you know, database of all the possible investments you can make. And so the IRS has only ever created a list of things that you can't do. Uh, the only two investments you can't make in an IRA are you cannot purchase life insurance and you cannot invest in collectibles like you know rare artwork, vintage wines, collectible cars, things like that. Those are the two prohibited investments. And the other area that restricts a little bit about what you can do, especially when we talk about investing in real estate, is if you're using your IRA to make an investment into a real estate project or r- rental property, whatnot. There are certain disqualified persons who you cannot transact with or cannot benefit from the investment. So very quickly, for your, as you just kind of alluded to, Chris, for your own IRA account, you are a disqualified person, uh, as well as a spouse and then your uh, parents and grandparents, kids and grandkids. What that means is any of those individuals couldn't live in the property. Uh, they couldn't stay in the property. You can't lend money from your IRA uh, to one of those individuals. So the, those are the, again, those are the restrictions, a little, a little bit of the limiting nature of the rules. But outside of that, if you're not dealing with family members and you're not looking to kind of personally benefit from the transaction, there's really no limit to what you can can invest in. So I, I know, you know, a lot of our clients, for instance, have invested in in multifamily real estate where they're not the owner operator. They just they they know who the owner operator is and they presented with an investment opportunity, and they just want to have their IRA go in and you know put in fifty hundred grand into a project that they have nothing to do with other than that. And that is perfectly acceptable. Uh, and then that's what a lot of the investments, obviously, that we see. It's only when you're trying to, to live in it or to use it that the IRS, uh, again, places some restrictions on what you can do. Yeah. And so that is a, uh, a big part of what you, Advanta, as a custodian, that's a big part of what you do, is my understanding is you keep that person out of trouble, right? So before they say, hey, we want to go, we want to go invest 50 grand into this, you know, there's some questions you're going to ask or some paperwork that you're going to want to see. And you're going to maybe put up that gate and say, no, no, you can't do, you can't go buy that as an Airbnb and run it. You're going to get that breaks the rules and you'll be in violation. 
Correct. So yeah, we will, um, we can answer questions and, and certainly we can probe a little bit now. We don't, we don't go into, you know, there's no large questionnaire you have to fill out and, and go through, but to, to validate an investment, that's, that's not our role, but we do assist in completing the paperwork. So if you were making an investment, uh, we want to make sure that it's properly titled in the name of your IRA and uh, that you approve of it. So sometimes we will see, um, you know, if you submitted paperwork to us that has your IRA lending to you personally, we're going to see right there that that's, hey, that's not allowed. You know, Chris, you can't do that and, 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 let, and prevent you from doing it. Uh, or if you're investing into some type of private stock or, or company where, you know, your IRA is an investor and then we can see on the documents that you personally are, you know, a manager or you're accepting this subscription and you're going to get paid personally. Uh, we see things, we certainly will raise the flag and say, hey, we're not going to process this. Outside of that, we can't always probe into the, the transaction. So you may you may unwittingly do things that are prohibited. Uh, for instance, if you bought a rental property and you stay in it one weekend, technically you violated the rules. We're probably going to have no way of knowing that. But if we did, we would have to report it. So what we do to that end is just provide education like what I'm doing today. Coming on podcasts, we host webinars, uh, and we're always open for questions. So it's a matter of I always tell people, uh, it's much better to call us and ask, can I do this, as opposed to calling and saying, I just did this. Is this a problem? So uh, we're always available to, to answer those questions. That is such a great point, because I have definitely done that with uh, as I was getting ramped up and understanding how uh, self-directed IRAs work. On the flip side, right? I mean, I, I don't know that I'm calling up, and this is not, I'm, I don't mean to pick on fidelity, but I don't, I'm not really going to call it fidelity and ask for, if I've got a question and I'm unsure about how something works, you know, I'm usually, if I get somebody on the phone, it's a call center agent, they're not, they're following a script. They're not going to be able to help me a ton. But with your custodian on the self directed IRA, if you're unsure, call them, ask the questions. They're a wealth of information, and it's been incredibly valuable for me. I want to break in with this quick commercial from me. I am very excited to announce that we have our first multifamily real estate deal for the year. This is a really nice boutique 88 unit complex in Tempe, Arizona, which is an incredibly strong submarket of the Phoenix area. And we are partnered with my friend Reed and his company at the RSN Group. They're the, the ones that found the deal. And they also have another asset uh, very close by this particular property. Investment spots on this one, they're going to fill up quickly because it is also structured to accept 1031 exchanges. And there's a number of exchanges out there right now looking for a home. So if you're interested, just contact us through hightechfreedom.com or you could book a call using the link in the show notes. And even if you just want to learn a little bit more about the investing process, let's chat. I'm happy to share and follow up with some educational resources. Now back to the show. Just as an example, so I've passively invested in real estate projects with my self-directed IRA. And the process has been, okay, I go and you know I know the people that are operating it. I know the people that put the, the deal together. And there's a, an operating agreement. There's a subscription agreement. I go into their portal. I subscribe to the deal. I say, all right, I'm going to put in 50 grand. But then all of that paperwork has to go to you as a custodian to review to make sure that, because I'm not signing up for the deal as Chris Freeman, I'm signing up for the deal as the name of my self-directed IRA. Correct. And I think this is an important thing, I think, especially for people who are listening, who then take this information and go talk to a Fidelity or maybe talk to their advisor. A lot of advisors, if you say, hey, I want to use part of this portfolio to invest in real estate, 
uh, the advisor will tell you, okay, well, when you pull this money out, uh, you're going to be taxed on it. You're going to have a potential penalty for pulling this money out because the advisor thinks that you're actually investing in that deal on an individual basis, which if you did, if, if you were to take title to the asset in your personal name and take cash out of your IRA to do it, you're certainly going to be subject to taxes for a, a distribution from your account. But what we make sure is that the investment is actually titled in the name of your IRA. So yeah, it's not Chris Freeman investing, it's you know Advanta for benefit of Chris Freeman's IRA account in that example. So it shows the IRS that this is not you taking a distribution and making an investment personally. It is your IRA as its own separate entity making the investment, which then means all the tax protections are still intact. Uh, and then all the future gains as well are, are flowing back to your IRA account, not to you personally. So that is one of the primary roles we have at Advanta is to ensure proper titling of assets so you don't have those situations arise. Yeah, that's a great point. Any distributions, any cash flow that comes out of that doesn't come to you. It comes back into the account that sits there or can be redeployed for some other investment. Or, you know, if you're at retirement, it can be taken as part of your minimum distribution. Correct. Very correct. So, Scott, what are, uh, I mean, I mean, there's always, uh, there's pros and cons, downsides and upsides. What would be some of the risks of doing a self-directed IRA? So that's a great question. I think the, the risks involved can be somewhat similar to if you were, if you're in charge of your own stock account and you're buying and selling mutual funds and really aren't sure what you're doing uh, and aren't doing your proper research and aren't doing your due diligence, you're just kind of, hey, I like, the, I like the taste of Coke. So I'm going to buy a Coke stock and not realizing maybe they just had a, <laughs> you know, their stock may be at an all time high and it's got nowhere to go but down. So the similar risks obviously appear with the self-directed IRAs is the fact that if you're getting into an investment, you know, Advanta IRA is not acting as a, we're not doing due diligence. We're not acting in an advisory capacity. Uh, so we're, we're, act, we're acting in the capacity of making sure that the investment's properly titled. What you tell us you want to invest in is done properly for no negative tax consequence. But as far as the negative investment consequence, that is up to you to do your due diligence. That's something that I think, I think most people understand that's something we certainly educate people about. But that is the risk. Uh, certainly getting involved in an investment that you you don't fully understand. So I always encourage people, ask the questions. You know, if you're not getting satisfactory answers to your questions, if it seems to you like a simple question and you can't get a good answer back from who you're investing in, then maybe keep looking. Uh, but that certainly is the risk involved. You know, when you're making investments into real estate, you want to make sure you get it properly insured. If you're investing into a startup company, you have to understand the risk that a lot of startup companies fail, mm -hmm. uh, and just under and know that going in at the money you're you're using, you know it's being risked, and, and and that is that is the downside. I think, like I said, it's similar in one sense to publicly traded stocks and mutual funds of knowing what you're doing. Again, with those investments, a lot of people have advisors that are are trained, maybe to help you mitigate losses and 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 achieve some gains. But that's that's always been the biggest risk to me. Yeah, yeah, I mean it is. You've got to make the decision, right? So it's self directed. And it's different than just putting it into a mutual fund or an index fund and setting it and forgetting it. So it is, it is you know, a little bit more uh, active participation, if you will. Yeah, and I, and I've seen, and I've and, I, and trust me, I've seen people over the years that I, I could tell maybe didn't fully understand the investment. There, oh, oh, so and so said this is a good opportunity, like, but they can't really tell you about it. Yeah. And again, our role, my role, is not to stop that investment. That so you can't do that because now I'm overstepping our what we're allowed to do. Now I'm becoming an advisor. And that's not something we do at Advantage. So I, I, I can't advise one client, hey, don't do this, and then let somebody else go and make an investment. It's a, I've seen it happen, and people just aren't 100% sure on what they're doing. They just trust the person they're dealing with. And sometimes that works out just fine, and other times it doesn't. Yeah. 
Well, so what about on the cost side, right? Um, there's costs and fees for anything you do, wherever your money's at. You know, how does a, a self-directed IRA custodian, how do they make their money? So we, we make our money on just flat admin fees. Uh, we don't charge commissions. We don't charge a percentage of assets. It's strictly our fees as an administrator. Uh, for most of the assets we hold, regardless of the value, uh, it's a little less than 300 bucks a year uh, to hold the, hold the investment and take care of the IRS reporting. I mean, if you're using an advisor, typically you're probably playing close to a you know 1% a year, possibly, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. But yeah, our fees, like I said, less than 300 bucks a year per asset. We do have you know some startup costs of 100, 150 bucks to get going. Right. But it's, yeah, it's not based on if your investment does well, if it doesn't do well, we don't take a percentage of the gains. It's just strictly our flat fees. And, and most custodians, most self-directed custodians are like that as well. And then I imagine if you're placing an investment or doing something, there's probably a transaction fee that goes along with that. Yeah, that's part of our start. Yeah, that's part of our startup cost. Like I said, it's you know fifty bucks to open an account, hundred bucks or so when you make an investment. That's that's our fees. Our fees again to make sure the funds are flowing properly into your account from your existing IRA or your old four hundred one k, and then also when we make the investment, making sure the investment is getting properly titled, and then with the money is going out to the right place. Okay. So then the uh, in terms of a little bit on the mechanics, we won't go into too much detail. If you want to know more about kind of the how to get started, how it works. Um, the process to you know, really kick off setting one of these up. Uh, reach out to Scott. We'll have his link in the uh, in the show notes, and he has some white papers. I actually have a uh, one of his articles on my website at hightechfreedom.com. If you go under the education resources, you'll see it there. But Scott, so let's say somebody does want to get started. They reach out, and they open up the account. Um, that part's not real hard. You have to get, give you some information. I think what I've seen <laughs> the hardest part is just that process of doing the rollover from the 401k or IRA to you and mm-hmm. who owns that process? How does that, how does that get initiated? That's a good, great question. So it, so the key thing is it depends on where the funds are coming from. So if you're, if you have an existing IRA account, that is a process where you fill out paperwork with us and we initiate that transfer request with your other custodian. Now you still will need to be in touch with that custodian to make sure for example, if you're if you're moving $50,000 of cash uh, from that other IRA, you need to make sure that you've sold any mutual funds or stocks to make $50,000 available to transfer. So transfers, we will initiate that process uh, and request the funds. With a rollover from an old 401k, uh, that is up to you to do. Uh, old 401k companies, you know, when you, you leave an employer, you have to fill out a document on where you want those funds to be directed. We can certainly help you fill out the paperwork, but you do have to initiate it, sometimes follow up on it. That is something we can't do. Uh, if we were to call them up, they would say, we're not talking to you. So uh, that, that there is going to be, like I said, some ownership uh, from the client. And, and some of the most of the providers, uh, especially in the IRA side, pretty easy to deal with uh, in getting funds transferred. Uh, there are a couple that are not. And again, so that's where you know, some of them are, are not, they're a little, little reluctant to just let the money go <laughs> without a fight. Or not making it a little more difficult. So, uh, but we keep tabs on those, uh, and we certainly let the clients know up front if this is where you're moving money from. These are some some hiccups or some roadblocks that we 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 see with them, uh, and ways to help avoid them and, and minimize that, that that those experiences and have it go very smoothly. Okay, cool. And just for full disclosure to my listeners, so I do not use Advanta IRA. I use a different custodian. And uh, it's been, yeah, they're fine. I mean, they do their job, but it was a little bit of a process, a little bit of a time commitment, and it wasn't easy. And I, since then, I've sent multiple people to Scott and to Advanta IRA, and their experience and their transaction and their process was so much more 
smoother. So I, I have some firsthand experience and I'm a big fan of, uh, of your process and what you guys do. So just wanted to shout that out. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. But we, that's, that's our goal. I mean, I, we understand, I think when it, you know, uh, especially from, you know, I've tried to, obviously I said, oh, well, I started in this business. I knew nothing about it. Right. So I had to learn what goes on. And it took a while uh, to really fully understand the business. And I learn new things all the time still. Um, but I try to always put myself in the seat of the person who's making this transaction and that this is new to them. You know, they've invested in mutual funds and stocks through a 401k, never had to think much about it. And now you're switching gears. You want to take ownership of your account and do something different, which is great, but you're going to need somebody to kind of help you out along the way uh, and explain it to you. And so that's what we've always tried to do at Advanta is really try to make it very clear and easy for the client and and, and re- reduce the hurdles and the roadblocks. And, and not all custodians do that, but we uh, that's something we really pay a lot of attention to. Excellent. Well, hey, Scott, as we look to wrap up here, uh, I'm curious. Um, what do you, uh, yeah, you're working hard. You've been working here uh, with Advanta, you said what, for 15 years, 17 years? Yep. Uh, Going to go on 17 next year. Yep. 17 years. All right. What does freedom mean to you? Or what does freedom look like for you, um, either now or maybe when you grow up and get older? <laughs> that's a good. I'm going to be grow up and get some more, right? And get, get a little older still. Um, I mean, freedom for me, I think, uh, over the years really has been, you know, getting to a place in life where you don't worry about all the all the little things as much anymore. And you have the resources you have. And the resources, not just obviously financial is, is a huge part of, of how that resource, but also family resources uh, and friends around where you can kind of do what you want. You know, you can do things that make you happy. Don't worry about the repercussions of it. You have the re- like, so you have the resources to do it and you have the resources to count on people when. Um, you do have the difficulties. You know, if you, you run into a situation, you have the people around you. So it, it makes living life that much more enjoyable um, when you don't when you know you have what you can do. You don't not sweat the small stuff. And for you, that's kind of freedom from any of those those burdens uh, is, is really important to me. And allows me to spend time and with my kids. That's something I really enjoy doing. You know, and what I what I've done for a living and what I've you know my wife has done for a living. We were able to you know. Go to kids' soccer games, sport them at softball. Spend, and my job enables me to be present at those games and help coach and help be a part of it. So that that's always been very, very important to me. Yeah. What are you coaching anything right now? Uh, I've been an assistant on my son's soccer team. I've uh, been an assistant coach for a couple of years now. I I will say though the one I guess constriction is I do with our, with our office here in uh, in the Tampa Bay area. We have an office in Atlanta. I do travel sometimes, so I miss uh, practices. I don't miss games. I miss practices. That's why I'm not the head coach. <laughs> or at least one of the reasons I'm not the head coach. Yeah, well, that's awesome. So, I always like being an assistant. I'm going to probably try to help out on my daughter's softball team next year. So because she's, I've, I've been doing stuff with my son now for a couple of years. It's time I give her some attention to. Oh, yeah, that's great. I was uh, heavily involved with my son's a Boy Scout troop. And w- one of the conversations I had with my daughter was uh, she's like, Dad, I, you, it's, not, it's not balance. Where's my time? <laughs> so I, <laughs> I've been jumping in. I've, I've been doing more stuff with her to, to balance it out. And the thing that I've learned over the years is is the older they get, it just seems like the, the time starts clipping off faster. So absolutely, if the opportunity is there to coach, assistant coach, be the assistant to the assistant and just do it because you'll, you won't regret it. Yeah. And, I, and for my daughter, my daughter was, she was in a Girl Scout troop once and I actually went to one or two of their meetings as a, to help out <laughs> as like the only, as the only dad there. It was kind of a little interesting, but it was, yeah, I, yeah. Do what you can with your kids. It, like you said, the time does go by very quickly. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Scott, uh, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem, Chris. I enjoyed being on the podcast. All right. Thank you. 
Thanks again for joining us today. To get more sales and real estate tips, you can subscribe to our newsletter at hightechfreedom.com. You can also join our private Facebook and LinkedIn group that is exclusively for sales professionals. If you found a nugget of good information in the podcast, please subscribe, give us a positive rating, and write a review. If there is a topic that you would like us to cover in the future, please send us a note through our website at hightechfreedom.com. Until next week, make this your best week ever.